0: You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente. On today's edition, what
1: makes you a Christian is not that you believe the right things, or that you do the right things, or that you even acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. What makes you a Christian is whether or not your belief leads you into a personal, intimate relationship, a friendship with Jesus. Whether it leads you beyond to just what you think in your mind, but actually something that you live
0: out in your life. Are you a Christian if you believe there is a God? On the surface, you might think that belief in God means you're saved. Unfortunately, just because you believe there is a God doesn't mean you're going to heaven. There is a much deeper level of commitment that God is looking for beyond just belief. In today's message, Pastor Holland is going to explore what it really means to call yourself a believer of Christ. You must have faith in what the Bible says and a personal relationship with Jesus. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 12 as he begins his message, Seek God First.
1: We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 12 today, a portion of scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 12. In our midweek study, we're going through the book of Deuteronomy the name Deuteronomy means second law so it's kind of the second time that God is giving the law to the children of Israel to a new generation but the Hebrews see it as something different it's not just a book of law it really is a book of the love of God and that love is the is the foundation for our relationship with God but I want to begin by asking a question and the question I want to ask is this what makes you a Christian What makes you a Christian? Is it that you believe the right things? Is that what makes you a Christian? That you have a belief system that's a Christian belief system? Um, If that's true, then Jesus would have called the Pharisees Christians because the Pharisees believed all the right things. In fact, If you were to meet a Pharisee, you would have thought this guy is the most holy, most incredible person you'd ever want to meet. Because they knew the Bible, they were into the Word, they studied the Word, they memorized the Word. And yet Jesus said in John 5, you search the scriptures for in me you think you have eternal, for in them you think you have eternal life, and, they, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And so even though they knew the Bible backwards and forward, they didn't have life. They weren't willing to come to Jesus. I mean, if there was anyone that knew the Bible, it was the Pharisees. And yet Jesus didn't call them followers of him, didn't call them Christians. In fact, Jesus said they really didn't believe. In John 5, it says, For if you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? In other words, I'm telling you things that you should recognize, that you should know from Moses, because he's writing about me, the Messiah, but you don't believe me, therefore you don't believe him. You don't believe what you've read. You see, the words of Jesus and the scriptures are the same thing. I have a friend that used to give me what she would call prophetic words, and it was always a scripture. And I would, I would say, you know, I love the fact that every time you call me, you have a scripture, and she's like, you know, do you know what language... God speaks in? I said, what? I was thinking like Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek. She goes, Bible. That's the language he speaks in. He speaks in the Bible because the Bible is his word. It is his words to us. It's him speaking to us. And so the words of Jesus and the scripture are the same. And yet the Pharisees missed it. Even though they had memorized the scriptures, they didn't know Jesus. Maybe it's acknowledging that Jesus is Lord. Maybe that's it, that he is the only God. Does that make you a Christian? Listen to what James said in James 2. He says, you believe that there is one God and you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. The demons believe that Jesus is Lord but they're not Christians. In fact, Paul said, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to be a day where everybody is going to recognize that truth, that Jesus is the Lord. Both Christians and non-Christians alike will admit that. But just acknowledging that doesn't make you a Christian. Because if acknowledging that Jesus is Lord made you a Christian, then the whole world could be a Christian. So what is it that makes you a Christian? What is it that makes you different? What is it that sets you apart as a follower of Jesus? James goes on to say in James 2, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Notice it it wasn't just that Abraham believed the right things, that he had good doctrine, that he believed the word, all of which are essential, all of which are good and needed. And I'm not, don't misunderstand me, don't, don't, hear me and say oh holland said oh you don't have to believe that jesus is lord to be saved it's like no i'm not saying that but it went further it said that abraham was a friend of god abraham was a friend of god and that word friend speaks of a personal friend someone that you know well someone that you trust someone that you regard with affection and in order to have a friend you have to spend a lot of time with that person You have to live life with that person to become a friend with that person. You see, Abraham's belief, Abraham's trust in God resulted in a friendship because he devoted his life to spending time with the person that he believed in, that he trusted, because he knew that he was real. And that's the point of the message What makes you a Christian is not that you believe the right things, or that you do the right things, or that you even acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. What makes you a Christian is whether or not your belief leads you into a personal, intimate relationship, a friendship with Jesus whether it leads you beyond to just what you think in your mind, but actually something that you live out in your life. That there's a hunger for the presence of God. There's a hunger to know God, to know Him intimately. Not just to go down on a field and pray a sinner's prayer. Not to just go forward in an altar call. And a. Have all your friends applaud you for going down. Statistics show that 10% or less of those that go forward in an altar call actually follow Jesus. It's more than all of that. Do you have a relationship with him? Is he your friend? Are you hungry to be where he is? Are you hungering to worship Are you hungry for the word, not so that you can learn doctrine to know the right things to believe, but so that you can know Jesus? You can know him. You see, it's possible to go to church your whole life, believe all the right things, even serve at church, even sing the songs, and not know Jesus not really know him. It's possible to serve Christian causes, do good things, be a good person, feed the poor, even hate evil, and not know Jesus. Yesterday, we were helping my wife's brother pack up his place because he's moving out of his place in San Diego, and and we had all this junk that we needed to move. And, and so I, I prayed and you know gone on Yelp and I just went through and the Lord said, pick that guy. So I picked this guy to come. And, and so he came out and we're talking and he's like, why did you pick me? And I said, well, what I do is I, as I go on and I start praying and I ask the Lord, who do you want me to meet? And the Lord said, you. And so I picked you said I don't know what it is about you that God likes but he wanted you to meet me or else you wouldn't be here and then he began to talk to me and we found out that he was a Christian and I could tell in the in his hesitation that he really wasn't living for Jesus but he had a testimony of coming out of drugs and And alcohol, and he was homeless, and now God has turned his life around, and now he's not really walking with the Lord really strongly. And so I looked at him, and I said, you have a story to tell. God has called you to tell his story. You need to get out there and, oh, well, I've I've done it. No, 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 you know what I'm talking about. And he he just stared at me, because the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. Do you have a friendship with Jesus? Do you know him? See, there has to be a connection between faith and action, what we believe and how we live our lives. The two are linked. James says, you see then that a man has justified works and not by faith only. But you see, the works that he's talking about here, when he says works, he's not talking about doing good things. He's not talking about being a good person. He's talking about the works of God. That word literally means the works of God, the works performed by Jesus in my life and the works performed by Jesus through my life. It's the real powerful presence of Jesus working in me and through me. And that's the definition of grace. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus People community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at CalvarySanCamini.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. According to Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, grace is the divine influence on the heart, Jesus working in me, and it's reflection in the life, Jesus working through me. It's not a belief system. It's not a force or a power. It's not a theology. It's a person. It's Jesus Himself. Grace is Jesus. And when the Bible says by grace you are saved, it's talking about an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with a real person. Jesus Himself saves you. And so there is something personal about it, it's not just a belief. Do you know him? Do you really know him? Are you changing the way you live because of him? Are you prioritizing time in his presence? Are you prioritizing worshiping and loving him? Are you prioritizing his word? Are you letting him work in and through your life? Do what he wants to do. In Deuteronomy 12, Moses is speaking to the people about worship, and he talks about destroying every place of worship, every idol, every altar. Because God doesn't compete for our attention or our affection. He wants all of us. He wants everything. He doesn't want us to have anything in the middle. He wants it all. And in Deuteronomy 12, Moses says, you shall not worship the Lord your God with such things, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place and there you shall go. And there are three things that I want to look at from this text. First of all, I want to look at these three phrases. The first phrase is, you shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. The second phrase is, you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses. And then the third thing is to put his name for his dwelling place. There you shall go. You shall go to where he puts his name. And the first thing I want to look at is, you shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. And what he says here is that you're not to bring the practices of the world into the worship of God. We're to be devoted wholly to him. What are the practices of the world? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 20, he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many." You see, the problem with all of these false gods, with all of these idols that were in the land that God says destroy their places of worship, every single one of them is all about control and authority. We just want to take control over your life. We want to take authority over your life. We want to boss you around. We want to to conform you into our image, make you what we want you to be. That's what the world is about. It's all about the rules. It's all about the law, idolatry, witchcraft. It's all about power and control. Me becoming more powerful so that I can be more powerful than you are. That is the world. The world says, believe the right things, do the right things, say the right things. And if you don't, then we're going to cancel you. And we're seeing that in the news today where there's people that have done things 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, a letter comes up. Oh, you said this 10 years ago. Oh my goodness, I was a different person back then. Yeah, but you have to resign now. You're canceled. We can't use you anymore. Imagine if you were judged for what you did in junior high. We would all be like messed up. Junior, I was my worst time in my life. Got more trouble. Actually, if you ask my mom, she'll tell you I was never not in trouble. But that's the world, to exercise power and control. There's no mercy. There's no forgiveness. There's no kindness. There's only judgment and condemnation. And Jesus says, I want you to serve. I want you to lay down your life because that's what I do. I serve and I lay down my life. And we don't often think about even the gathering together of worship as serving one another. But it is. When I look across the room and I see someone that is, that's been going through things, that I've been praying for, and I see them lift their hands and worship the Lord, let me tell you, it does something inside of me. All of a sudden I see that person I go, oh my goodness, Lord, you're working in that person's life. When they see me worshiping the Lord, it does something in their hearts. It encourages them. When we gather together and we love one another to be used of God to speak into each other's lives, every single one of you is sitting next to someone who may need some kind of ministry, and you're the person God has sent to minister to them. Are you aware of that? Are you listening to the voice of God speak to you right now? You see, serving is personal. Serving is relational. I have to touch your life. I have to see you and be a part of you to serve you. I'm not exercising authority through rules or through a title or a position. I'm exercising authority by serving you. And as I serve you, there's something powerful that happens in that exchange. Because Jesus is living inside of me, right? Jesus, if you're a believer, Jesus is inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so as I begin to serve you, what is happening? The presence of Jesus, Jesus in me is serving you. Jesus in me is blessing you. Jesus who is inside of me is touching your life. And God is using me as an avenue to do that. Serving is about making the presence of Jesus known as I demonstrate the love of Jesus by serving someone. Jesus is being made known through my life. And here's the thing, when people encounter Jesus, it changes them forever. They will be different people. When I was 13 and I met Jesus, Jesus revealed himself to me. It changed my life forever. I heard his audible voice. I know he is real. And I was a typical 13-year-old, but when that moment happened, I became a different person. I had a reverence for people. I had a respect for people. I had a reverence for the things of God because I had a real encounter with God. I had a face-to-face encounter with him. I saw him. And so when I was around his people, I wasn't going bonkers. When the word was being taught, I wasn't ignoring it. I was listening because I knew who wrote that book. He became real to me. You see, as parents and grandparents, our number one job is to lead our kids and our grandkids into an encounter with the living God. That's what we're to do. Not tell them Not scold them, lead them. Because once they see Jesus, their life will be transformed forever. But here's the thing, you can only lead your children, your grandchildren, where you have gone. There are no shortcuts. You have to spend time in the presence of Jesus. Because people will know if you're faking it because there won't be the power. You need to know Jesus yourself so that you can lead them to that same place. That means sometimes turning off the TV, most of the time, turning off the TV, turning on worship, turn your home into a sanctuary, asking your kids, what is God speaking to you? Have you spent time with Jesus? Not just praying with them, but Send them off. Are you spending time with Jesus? Do you hear his voice? Is he speaking to you? What is he saying to you? And cultivating that encounter with Jesus in their life. Because we're not to bring the practices of the world into our lives, we're about Jesus, we're about him. I hope you enjoyed the program today You know, the Bible says That if you confess with your mouth The Lord Jesus and believe in your heart That God has raised Him from the dead You will be saved For with the heart one believes unto righteousness And with the mouth confession is made Unto salvation You know, there's going to be a day When all of us are going to stand before Jesus And only those who have surrendered their life to Him Will spend eternity with Him Don't you want to be part of those that spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? You can pray this simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I confess that you have raised from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, then I can say with assurance that you will be saved on
0: that day. Are you in the valley or on the mountain? Wherever you're at, we want to be with you here on Worship Life Radio. Need a place to get started? Go to calvarysanclemente.org without delay. There you'll find a smattering of everything from teachings to podcasts to involvement opportunities. We want you to grow in your walk with Christ and be surrounded by a community that loves Jesus. If you're in the area of San Clemente, California, come join us for a Sunday morning worship time at 8.30 or 10.30. If you've got somewhere else you have to be, why not come to our Thursday evening Bible study at 6.30? Scripture tells us that the Word of God doesn't return void. That's a reassuring thought, that He'll not go back on what He says. So, know that Jesus loves you and desires daily conversations with you. If you were challenged or uplifted by today's message from Pastor Holland Davis and Worship Life Radio, please consider donating under the Give tab located at CalvarySanClemente.org. We appreciate you and don't take for granted your financial support. Worship Life Radio is a ministry out of San Clemente, California, committed to speaking the name of Christ. We're so glad that you've been part of today's edition in the book of Deuteronomy. Now may the Lord bless you and those whom you love and especially those whom nobody loves. Thanks for spending time with us today. Make sure to tune in again here on Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at Worshipliferadio.com.